Today on Happy Business, we will be discussing domestic violence. If you need help or support, contact the National Domestic Violence Service on 1-800-RESPECT, which is 1-800-737-732. If you are in immediate danger, just call 000. Listeners seeking support can contact Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Thank you. Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno, an hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Okay, hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and uh, we have people at the moment all over the world listening to this podcast and to our programs here from Radio Italia Uno in Adelaide. So thank you very much to everybody around the world listening to us. We've got people in Asia, Southeast Asia, Africa, the Middle East, and all over Europe. And uh, uh, today we've got a special guest all the way from America. We've got people in the UK that I've been speaking to over the weekend, and they've asked that I mention them. So thank you guys for the calls over the weekend and the emails. I must say, over the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about business and uh, all the different things that make people happy in business. And we've also been mentioning a lot about domestic violence because in Australia, like a lot of other countries, because of the lockdown, there's been a bigger, huge issues with domestic violence happening a lot more. Or it seems to be recorded a lot more because previously the husband would go to work or the wife would go to work and they'd come back in the evening and it wasn't quite as bad. But at the moment with the lockdown, a lot of people hearing it from neighbours and, you know, neighbours screaming and people are being abused and misused in every way. And unfortunately, in Australia, we've had some really stupid things happen where somebody actually killed his wife in the backyard and set her on fire. We've had people doing horrendous things to their neighbours and, you know, and at work. And the other day, because of the domestic violence, some guy jumped off of a big high wall and uh, killed himself and the child senselessly and a whole lot of things like this have been happening. So we did have Melody Horrell on the show and she talked about her growing up and how her father was very, very abusive of the family and openly wrote an article about it and a lot of people have been helped because of it. So, you know, we want to say thank you to the brave people who come up and uh, do this. I was talking to somebody straight after the show last week one of the things that they mentioned was at work they were aware of the fact that somebody there, the boss went in to this room and just said to somebody, hey, hey, come over here. And just slightly louder voice. It wasn't loud or yelling at the person, but the person was at the other end of the workshop and he called out to her. And then he noticed that she just froze. She totally froze. And he just went, wow. And he walked up to her and she was there literally just shaking and and he looked at her and looked at him and and she could not speak to him for for a while and she says you're right you're right what's wrong you're wrong and and she sort of went yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, i'm all right i'm all right i'm all right I'm, I'm at work it's okay i'm all right and she 
totally <coughs> lost it. Luckily, the boss was aware and he spoke to her, obviously a lot calmer, and said, no, come over here, just, it's all right, come over here. I just wanted to find out what you're doing, but, you know, whatever. And, and, and she, again, started to panic as soon as he said, what are you doing? You know, but he said it in a really nice way. And she, again, lost it. By this time, the foreman and the leading hand had walked in, a couple of other people walked in and went up to her and said, are you all right? You're all right? And, and looked at the boss and said, what's going on? What's going on? He said, nothing. I just called her and, you know, she, I saw that she wasn't feeling very well, didn't look very well. And then one lady picked her up and said, look, come over here, come over here. And the leading hand or the foreman there had, had taken the boss aside and said, look, she's really, really sensitive at the moment. And the boss did not know, you see. And he just said, okay, okay. So they walked off to the office and about 15 minutes later, he came back and he said, look, you know, I won't mention any names. He said, look, you know, we'll call her Susie. And he said, oh, Susie, it's okay. You're safe here. And you should have seen the look on her face. He went like from white, you know, changed from, she was pale, very, very pale. And then she started smiling and the other girls were laughing and made her laugh. And immediately her whole attitude, the whole tension in the room had changed. This is important to know that there are people at work, in your workplace at the moment, that you have no idea what they're going through, right? I'll come back later if we have time and tell you a particular story about a, a very good friend of mine and a family whose wife was going through cancer and how it affected the whole family. But everybody at work was affected. And I'm very close to this particular family and I, I may crack up myself, but I'll tell you the story later on. But at the moment, I wanted to say welcome, of course, to Matt for being that my co-presenter here. And today we have a special guest all the way from America that's on the line. So Matt, would you like to introduce our special guest? Sure, I'd love to. We're lucky today to have my father on the line, Marshall McQuinley, sergeant from the Aurora Police Department, retired. Uh, welcome, he, he welcome, a, Marshall. Welcome to our program. Happy business. Hello. Thank you for uh, the invitation. Yep. Matt, introduce him. Sergeant McQuinley has uh, over 25 years experience in the Aurora Police Department, which is a suburb of Chicago. Uh, he attained the rank of sergeant after 13 years. He was a field training officer. He was in the juvenile department. He did community policing, uh, com which is community outreach for over three years in the department. He was in the gang task force for two and a half years, and he ended up his career in the domestic violence unit. So he has a lot of keen insights as somebody who actually knows what they're talking about and has been in the field on this topic. So we feel he has a lot to offer today. Yes, Marshall, thank you for joining us. I know it's a different hour over there in America at the moment in uh, where you are, but uh, thank you. And now tell us, like, you've been in the task force for domestic violence in America. Do you feel that that's much different than any other country? Oh, I think in the U.S. it is. Uh, it's, a, it's a horrible situation here. It, it seems to me like it's, uh, from what I've heard at least from other officers around the world, that uh, our situations here are uh, quite a bit more violent and uh, uh, happens more often. Okay. And the, uh, the the rate of the violence escalates uh, at, a, at a quicker pace mm -hmm. than. Uh, for example, uh, the, the gentleman that I was talking to from the UK. Right. Well, uh, unfortunately, just lately, for one reason or another, it's been recorded a lot more. It's been uh, talked about a lot more. But uh, here in Adelaide, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that a father had his access to a child the other day, a baby of uh, eight, nine months old, strapped the baby to his back, 
uh, in a backpack and jumped off of a wall and landed 40-odd feet, uh, metres further down and, and killed both of them. You know, and he'd only just picked up the child that morning and the courts had given him permission and he had this mental thing that just said, if I can't have her, you can't either. And one of the other states, some guy was so upset with his wife and doused her with fuel and uh, burnt her. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Do, yeah, do you really believe that? Uh, I should call you Sergeant McQuinley, but, you know, it's, <laughs> I didn't have to call you that at home. So, But uh, do you really believe that it's more violent in America than countries that, I, I don't want to offend anyone here, but, you know, where domestic violence is more traditionally acceptable? I, I'm surprised to say that it would be, or do you think it's just we have better press? You know, we have more media outlets well, and... And, and, and it's just reported Without a lot more. Without too many toes, there are places, of course, in the, the Middle East yes. where that is uh, acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. That, of course, uh, the, when taking that type of uh, environment out of the situation, out of the comparisons and out of the stats, yes, I do believe that America is a much more violent place than uh, Canada, the U.K., uh, certainly Japan. All those numbers are uh, quite a bit lower than those in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Well, we're talking about this in, in the concept also about business and how some of these people who are stressed out to the max, and I'm, I'm talking both male and female here, I'm not saying because I know that there's as many females who beat up on their husbands and their children, and but we, we always hear the majority, which is the males beating up on the wives or the family. But I, I've just got some figures the other day, and I was quite surprised how many women actually beat up on their children because of their alcoholism or because of whatever drug you know addictions or you know lack of money fighting or whatever causes the the underlying problem what do you find would be an underlying problem in america at the moment Uh, well before we get to that uh, how about uh, i I would like to touch on this point that you had about the uh the female yes uh, portion of the uh, situations when the male who was the predominantly the abuser the male is predominantly the abuser yes and the female being the victim yes as she becomes more victimized she becomes more isolated and the only place that she can turn to usually is her children mm. and the children of uh, unfortunately are also being targeted by the victim of the male mm. So dad beats up mom, mom beats up the children, and now the children have uh, a, a horrible existence, uh, and they're looking at these two uh, people that are supposed to be raising them and caring for them and loving for them, loving them, uh, and now they're afraid of these people. Yeah, that's terrible. It's a, a terrible situation for a child to be in. Well, it's even worse than that, isn't it? Because then those kids are going to go to school and beat the hell out of other kids. Yeah. They're the ones I mean, that aren't become they? bullies. Do you find that they are the ones that become bullies, Marshall? I, no, I, in my experience, I don't see a lot of them becoming bullies. Really? They become uh, uh, introspective. Yep. Okay. They, they withdraw into themselves. Yep. And they don't usually attack other children. Do you find... There are some on occasion that do, but mm-hmm. by and large, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, largest portion are children that just withdraw into themselves and become semi-catatonic. Yeah. Uh, I responded to a house once that it was, uh, I worked on the midnight shift when I was in the patrol division. Uh, I worked on the midnight shift and we responded to a domestic violence situation and the husband was beating up on the woman 
and she was bleeding, and you know, she, it was obvious that there had been some uh, horrific violence going on there. And there were two children in the house in the living room watching television. And this was sometime around 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And they had the 100-yard stare look. This was just common behavior in that household. Mm-hmm. And they weren't upset by the fact that we were there as police officers. They didn't appear to be upset that mom and dad were going at each other. And mom was certainly losing the fight. And it, it, it struck me at that point, uh, very early before I ever became involved in the domestic violence investigations division, that this is, uh, uh, I don't know, I can't identify with this. Yep. this why aren't these children just uh, screaming and crying and, and, and beside themselves? But it became, it, this is routine for them. Yeah, unfortunately, they, 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 I was um, told like a long, long, long time ago that um, sometimes it becomes kick the cat syndrome. What happens is people, like the, the, the checkout chick gets, you know, like somebody gets angry at somebody and then takes it out on somebody else. Uh-huh. And, and like you just said, though, the children, they are so used to this happening and they'll, they'll either say, oh, mum and dad are at it again, or they get involved mm-hmm. in trying to stop it and then they get beat up as well. Stay out of it, bang, crash, boom. You know, or they just think the best thing I can do is just let them go. And that's a terrible situation for anybody to be in. For a moment, think about yep. this child, if, especially if it's a male child. Yep. What does his role model uh, yep. of a father figure that's right. I express come, to him? I want to come back and talk to you about that situation. Do they then perpetuate the situation? So let me, let me come back to you after that, all right? Thank you. Thank all you. right. We're going to take a break now and we'll come straight back. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find a large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. 
Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Okay, thank you very much and thank you to all our sponsors. Of course, without our sponsors, we wouldn't have a radio show. So thank you for everybody who's supporting our station. And of course, like I keep saying, please support the people who support us. Just go to their stores, go to their businesses and let them know that you heard it on Radio Italia Uno and Happy Business Radio. Now, we are talking about a very, very serious subject here. And it's also to do so much to do with business and how people in business have to be aware that somebody at your workplace is being abused, misused or ill-treated and how it would affect their productivity, how it affect the relationships with everybody and overall morale at the company. And if you treat them right, you'll get much, much more productivity and uh, a better result from everybody. So we are privileged at the moment uh, to have Marshall uh, McQuinley all the way from America in Chicago. He was a police sergeant, recently retired, and uh, he had a lot to do with uh, gangs and different things in America, but also a lot to do with domestic violence. So thank you again for staying on with us, uh, Marshall. My pleasure. Yeah, Marshall, the one thing that I was uh, just mentioning before we had to take a break, I was saying how sometimes we call it kick the cat syndrome. You, you go home and you're upset with everybody, so you kick the cat, or we call out the checkout chick, you know. You go along and you take it out on the checkout chick. Now, that's not you know, politically correct anymore to say that, but you take it out on the person who's at the checkout. And you, know, mm-hmm. and you said you had some situations like that that you were involved in or the children are affected in so many different ways. But what's a, a particular way that you found that they've been affected? Well, one of the things that I really wanted to touch on was the uh, <laughs> abuser's near psychotic need for control. Mm-hmm. I, I met women that have never written a check, yep. did not have a driver's license, mm-hmm. were not permitted to do anything, have any contact with uh, her peers from before her relationship with the abuser, mm. even to the point where uh, she's not permitted to uh, speak with or take advice from her own family. Yeah, that happens. And it, it has always uh, astounded me that a person could allow themselves to get into that position. They've lost all sense of personality, that they're just a servant to this person who's abusing them. But it takes place over such a long period of time. It's a gradual movement away from her original personality and to this subservient personality. There are entire um, nations uh, like that, though, treated and right, handled in that right. manner, though. See, unfortunately, right. But I can only speak about what happened here in the uh, yeah. Chicago area. Yeah, we. I mean, we. Uh, we other than uh, my friend that uh, I I know a fellow from the UK, and uh, we compared some notes once before. Yeah, because. But, uh, oh, and also yeah. a friend from Canada. I forgot about him, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, you mentioned so that. So I've had uh, relationships with uh, other officers from other English-speaking countries mm-hmm. that have similar circumstances as 
we have had here in the Chicagoland area. Oh, look, if you didn't know it, by the way, Australia is also an English-speaking country. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't feel that way when you visited. Uh, Yeah, but anyway, (laughs) look, you know... You're not going to tell the pension story. No, no, no. no, We're going to try and keep it as light as we can without going too deep into the situation. But, you know, whatever we mention is just simple it's not advice it's sort of uh, you know we're, we're just saying to people please look at it you know uh, go and get help there mm-hmm. is lifeline in australia there's lifeline there's uh, a 1-800-RESPECT there's so many other agencies that can help people with, through domestic violence and the need to forget help because not only do you need help for yourself but your children and everybody around you but the fact that you said how people isolate each other from families and friends i've got a couple of people that i knew that were really good friends of mine, sort of been friends of mine for 30-odd years. And we used to go to parties and see all these people, and all of a sudden this other chap that I knew who was quite a happy chappy, a bit like Matt, you know. (laughs) And anyway, he, he married this other woman, and all of a sudden she was a sort of woman that just didn't get on with her family and had previously been abused by somebody and she isolated herself, but also she alienated herself from all the others. And when people try to befriend her, uh, one way or the other, she seemed to uh, do something to upset them. So all these other people, and this other friend of mine, like I said, uh, I, you know, I see him every so often, but I, we don't see him with her. They don't come together to functions, you know. And it's not so much that he is the one, but it's in her case... She's the one that's dominating him, and she's cut herself from everybody. She has no friends at mm-hmm. all. You know, when I ask him, you know, does she see her brother, see her sister, does she see this, does that, he'll, he'll just say, no, he's had a fight with his sister, had a fight with the brother, had a fight with this, had a fight with that. And no, no, they don't go anywhere. And when they do go, they always seem to be on the end of the table somewhere or by themselves. And even when we do invite them to come, He's always got to watch his P's and Q's because she's as jealous as anything of him and she dominates him in every way. And, you know, there's, and I, I feel sorry for him because he was like the life of the party. We used to go out a lot, you know, we were teenagers together. Mm-hmm. So I, I've, I've known this guy for a long, long, long time. And I know that he's had other relationships and been quite happy. And now, now he's, in a, he's got remarried to this woman that has cut him off from everybody. Mm-hmm. That's also a situation that, affects everybody at work it's it's rare uh but the uh the the female can be the domineering partner Mm -hmm. uh but uh the lion's share is still male abuser and female victim yes one thing that i really feel it's important to talk about i mean you would know what's more important but (laughs) is that you know so hard for to to get the women to take the help that's available they just can't see themselves out of the situation. So I know that was something that you really struggled with a lot. I mean, you would beg these women to to leave mm-hmm. leave the guy or go to a shelter or mm-hmm. try to get counseling or something. And you would mm-hmm. say things like, "I don't want to come back here with the coroner." But what 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 right. are the key, what are the keys that you found? And, and I'm sure they never they don't always work. But what are the best ways? That you found to get people to take action to get themselves to help themselves and get themselves out of this situation because ultimately they have to do it. I mean, we can you can help, but they have to make they have to do it. They have to take action. Right. 
And one of the, the devices, I suppose, I, that I used, and I found some success with that, is treat this person like a person. When a police officer responds to, uh, all, all too often, when police officers respond to domestic violence, and I saw this when I was a, a rookie myself with uh, a training officer training me, they would respond to it and say, uh, listen, I don't want to come back here tonight. If I do, somebody's going to go to jail. And yeah. somebody? Why are we saying somebody when we know who the abuser is? So tacitly, you're telling that woman, don't call back because you might be the person going to jail. So I tried to teach women, or uh, the, the victim rather, uh, most of the time women, I tried to teach them that they were people that I cared about. They were a person that I cared about. Uh, mm. And I would uh, give them my cell phone number, um, the office number, I, and one or two of them I even gave my home phone number to. They continued, one lady continued to talk to me long after I retired and just telling me how things were going and how she had been Im improving in her, her her life since she had escaped the uh, the, the, the domestic violence issue. Well, that's just One it. of the yeah. judges that this woman had appeared before told her, I don't believe that you're a victim. All you have to do is walk away from the situation. About that, in, so, in South Australia here, uh, on one of my programs, I had the Minister for Human Services who said to me that the biggest problem is these women stay because they've got no other place to go. They've got no family. They just can't find somewhere else to go. Do you have that problem over mm -hmm. there as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and there are um, safe houses where uh, women can go. As a matter of fact, I had an office in the safe house uh, in our little city, in our city here. It's the uh, second largest city in, Chica in uh, Illinois after Chicago. Mm -hmm. Quite a bit smaller than Chicago, but still, it's a pretty good-sized community. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had an office in their safe house, or at least I shouldn't say in their safe house, on the grounds. Yeah. And I would see these uh, ladies that had been victimized and their children, and they're trying to figure out where can we go next? How can we? How can I flee this situation? Well, here's a place. Yep, we'll put you up for a few for a few days or a few weeks yep, until are. we can figure out something somewhere for you to go, yep. or you can figure out somewhere for you to go. Well, literally every church has a church uh, safe house. Every church that I know in Adelaide has somewhere for people to go. There are lots of organisations, and like I said, there's Lifeline. Mm -hmm. There is a, another a company or business line called Respect. Uh, One eight hundred Respect. And uh, just ring that number and they will help you. There are uh, victim of crime organisations and there is a lot of uh, places. We just want people to know that there's lots of counselling services that are free. A lot of people say, I couldn't afford mm -hmm. it anyway. But these are free services. You know, every church, every uh, place I've ever been to have some counsellor or somebody there that can help you. And so, you know, for anybody listening to this, please have a look and go. It doesn't matter what country you are now that you're listening to this. Even within your own country, there are uh, churches, groups, other government organisations that may be able to help. Now, I know that we talked about different religions and different countries, and, and some religions, uh, I think, you know, uh, without pointing out any particular religion, I know it's still legal for a family to stone a daughter that's been misused or abused and sometimes it you know without her uh, not her fault and uh, the wife has to be mm -hmm. obedient to the husband and and all those sort of things but there there's still 
situation where you're getting abused, there is somebody you should report it to. The abuser is really great at shifting responsibility and blame. Mm. Look what you made me do. Yeah. Yep. That's... And one of the things that uh, – another thing that we found that helped was uh, we would put inf- hotline numbers and information on places to get help in the ladies' rooms, mm-hmm. at the hotel, at the restaurant, at the uh, beauty salon, yep. where a woman, a hairdresser, gets an awful lot of information from the people that oh. come into her shop. Hairdressers are one of the so best counselors. we would put that kind of information out there for them. And we found most of the time that the uh, people that were getting the counseling and the social services were, of course, the victim. And she was receiving and, and progressing through the, the, the process of uh, recovery, if mm-hmm. you will. But giving uh, counseling yeah. to the abuser seldom works. Amazing. This is a long in, uh, ingrained attitude in this person. And no matter what, he he is right. Yeah, we're gonna, no, no, no. We're gonna I, the the only break. point I was going to make is it's amazing that guerrilla marketing works yeah. even in yeah. domestic violence. We, we need to take <laughs> a break mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. We've, we've got some sponsors that we want to thank. We'll be straight back with Marshall McQuinlan all the way from America. So thank you for staying with us again. We'll be back for another session in just a minute. Thank you. Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now. 8266-2280. Unique Stone. We won't be beaten. Come on, che stai facendo? Yo, chiama adesso. Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. for Talking Real Estate, your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts, plus report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno Sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia 1 87.6 FM 
Okay, thank you very much. And thank you again to all our sponsors because without our sponsors, we wouldn't have a show. And here on Radio Italia Uno, Adelaide 87.6 FM and on our podcast, thanks to Podcast City uh, and Ron is here with us today. So thank you, Ron, for helping us with this. And we have a special guest, Marshall McQuinley, all the way from America talking to us. And he has been a policeman for quite a long time, a sergeant, a police sergeant, and also worked in the domestic crime unit. So, Marshall, you were going to talk to us about a story that you have about uh, the victims. What I wanted to get across was uh, the abuser will often be removed from the, the house via uh, order of protection, right. uh, which is the, the initial order of protection is for 14 days, during which time the woman is supposed to go, the victim is supposed to go to court and try to seek a long-term order of protection. Right. But during that 14 days, the abuser will often return to the house and uh, try to uh, further victimize the victim by, by uh, if he can't get to her, he'll go to her car because that re uh, gives her uh, freedom of movement right. and he wants to keep her isolated. Then he'll also attack the, the property from without, throwing stones through the windows and uh, things like that, setting small fires on a porch or a, a patio or, or something like that, just another act of intimidation. I, I dealt with one lady who told me that uh, while she was, while her order of protection was in effect, she went to either groceries or work or whatever. She was out of the out of the house, out of the, the apartment or whatever, and her cat had given birth to several kittens. When she came back home, she found the kittens in on her bedroom, in socks, and their necks were broken. That's and true. it's another example of how the abuser is just uh, trying to terrorizing yeah. his victim has to have that control showing her what he is capable of when i first became a, a, a police officer and i was the uh, uh, rookie instead of the i was the recruit instead of the trainer there was an attitude of rolling to a domestic violence one of my trainers said let's go lights and siren and that was kind of uh anti-policy uh, mm. uh and he said no see if we go lights and siren the abuser will hear us coming and he'll leave and we won't have to make any arrest yeah so what, what about the that workplace was the laissez-faire attitude yeah. of so many of, of the police officers <laughs> when i first uh came on the job there that's what they and, were trained uh, that's the way this they was were a man trained. that was training me yeah that's right that's the way they trained them they just didn't want to i i was speaking to actually quite a long time ago my father-in-law was a, a policeman as well and he was telling me a, some similar things a long long time ago about this sort of issue you know and even here here in australia we were talking about looking at one of these crime investigation stories and how they dismissed all these cases so what do you want us to do about it the sergeant was saying at the desk you know or the policeman that you go in to report it to well if it happens mm -hmm. again let us know and that's all they said and women were saying mm -hmm. i reported it i went there with a black eye and i went there with my tooth missing and you know my dentist was more concerned than the policeman and mm -hmm. nobody took any notice 
What about what about workplaces? Do these perpetrators go to their workplaces? Do you ever get called to have to go there and sort a, a domestic violence situation out at the, the especially the women's workplace? Oh, certainly, yes. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's not uncommon at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I used to do domestic violence training for officers and for uh, uh, ladies, women primarily, that were working in these uh, safe houses and these uh, locations where uh, a, a woman could go with while well, waiting for some sort of a, a judgment or whatever. reprieve yep. from her uh, situation. And, and one of the other ladies uh, that was uh, working at this place, we, the Safe Harbor, we called it, it was called Safe Harbor, she and I did role play. And I w- we would uh, start an argument and a fight, and I would slap her, sort of, sort of, not really hitting her, but I would put my hand along her cheek and slap my hand so it looked like she was being hit. And then we would have two people that were officers, real, real police officers, okay, I need you two guys to come in and break up the fight. So they would come in and break up the fight. At that time, the woman would become hysterical, trying to hang on to one of the officers, and the male would go to one of the other officers and say, look at her, she's crazy. Look what i got to put up with. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, they justified And that was quite often the, the way that we responded, uh, that we, were, we found when we would go to the, to the domestic violence uh, call, that the woman was hysterical and saw perhaps an opportunity to be saved from this situation, and then the male would stop the, being the aggressor all of a sudden and try to buddy up to the police officers. You know what it's like. You know? Look at her. She's nuts. Yeah. I've had a similar situation where the woman, oh gee, it's it's quite interesting how you say that because also the guy goes back to work and is a is a bully at work, or he he also attacks people at work, and that's where the situation. Mm-hmm. The the guy called me in as a consultant to work on this uh, group of people in this uh, factory. That one of these guys was not only beating on his wife and and putting her down and belittling her. But he, he had been picking on people at work. You know, what's the matter with you, you bloody idiot? Can't you do this? You know, you, you never get things right. And he never had a good word to say about anybody. He, he was uh, important to the business at the time. And the guy said, well, you know, he's not that important. I'm going to fire him. He said, but if you think you could help him, let's try and help him. And the only reason why he was trying to help him, because he thought he'd be able to help the guy's wife because he found out about her being beat up at home. And he thought mm-hmm. that he could pay for the, you know, the counselling, coaching, and business uh, thing through work, but it, mm. it it didn't help. It didn't help. I I said to him basically, this guy, the only thing you can help him would be take him out to a boot camp, put him out in the jungle for, you know, out in the desert for a month, mm. let him. No, seriously, this is you know. Sometimes the, my brother actually worked with drug addicts and uh, kids who were abusing other kids in school, and they actually did that program out in the desert. Uh, where they took a whole lot of people out north and uh, kept them out for uh, two months, actually. When they came back, a couple of them were angels. And some of them get meaner, though. Uh, overall, they they all benefited, you know. And they had, they had psychologists and psychiatrists there and counsellors, and the government was buzzing around all the time. But th- that program actually worked. Okay. Uh, a lot of the other, you know, tough love programs don't always work, and they, or they only work until they leave, mm. <laughs> you know. But, uh, obviously, well, this a, has absolutely nothing to do with domestic violence, but you mentioned the desert. 
There's a, a program called the Desert Survival Chapter or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And it's a scenario that you get with your company employees and the plane has crashed and now you could re- you've recovered X items, these specific items, and do you stay or do you go? Do you stay with the aircraft or yep. do you try to go to uh, find some place where you can be rescued? Mm-hmm. And what you do it singly and then you do it as a group. Yep. And when you do it as a group, you, you find that uh, your success rate is much higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Ob- obviously, this whole issue is very complex, but I remember as a kid you talking about how you never wanted to go to domestic violence calls. I mean, obviously you wanted to go if they were because it was your job, but what I'm saying is you'd prefer that there not be those calls because you, you'd be trying to stop the guy from abusing his wife, and because she's so messed up from the years of abuse, she'd come at you from behind with a knife, you know, because you're trying mm-hmm. to arrest well, him. Yeah, we have been attacked. There have been plenty of officers attacked by women that are trying to uh, impress upon their, their abuser that, hey, I'm worth it. You know, you're not. You don't have to uh, go to jail because when he comes back out, he's going to be even madder. Mm. So she tries to pony up for him and and take up for him and uh, show him that she's on his side and that uh, she she can avoid further abuse if this happens. Mm. Survival tactic. And it's it's a horrible way to try to get across to someone who is the victim that uh, that's only further aggravating the situation. Marshall, is there is there any advice that you could give to these people? I'd say people, but it's not just women and children, because some children listen to this program. We've actually got quite a lot of young kids uh, listening to this program who are uh, working on computer programs and listen to our program here. What advice can you give these people that are, are being abused, know somebody who's being abused, or have come from an abuse situation? What's the best advice you can give? Well, first, if you don't mind, I would like to address my brothers and sisters behind the badge. Yep. These are victims. These are people that have been terrorized, and your attitude toward them is going to go a long way in helping them to recover from this this process. Yes, I agree. And for the victims realizing that you are indeed a valuable person you're a person and you don't deserve to be slapped punched kicked cut have a right have a pistol put in your mouth you don't deserve this kind of behavior no one does and if you're continuing to get this kind of behavior and you're not getting any help at home please by all means contact somebody in in a uh, domestic violence shelter if you can't don't, if you think you can't trust the courts or the police officers, go to a church. Church officials, uh, uh, pastors, and priests are just marvelous at uh, helping people get through this kind of thing. And they can also provide sometimes, not always, sometimes they can provide shelter and certainly they can provide food and sustenance for a long-term basis. You can get uh, groceries for a month from a lot of the uh, churches here in the U.S., and I'm sure it's the same around the world. Uh, we've had, we, that, have food uh, bank. we have food bank. We have you know, shelters and, and that who provide lots of food, lots of uh, shelter for families. So if you think you've got nowhere to go, have a look around 
Adelaide, we've got lots of shelters and we've got lots of uh, shelters through Australia. We, we are such a lucky country. Every council, every district has counselling services, domestic uh, counselling services, as well as government-provided counselling service. So there's no shortage. But, you know, just get and, and the, the hell out of there. And the biggest thing that can happen is to get that information into the hands of the victim. Most, right. o- most often victims feel like they are completely isolated, they have no self-worth, and that they have nowhere to turn. They don't realize that these options are available. So getting that information to the victims, and, and like I said, put them in the ladies' rooms and, and yes. just about anywhere you can think of. Put them in high schools. That's where. Uh, a lot of that begins in the high school. Oh, primary school. The people, the, the kids go get abused as well, you know, and they go home and get abused or they don't want to go home because they get abused yelled and screamed at you know so um, not uh-huh. just not just mum it's the children that uh, suffer and their grades suffer their self-esteem suffers and and one of the biggest things that teachers tell me that a lot of children don't have high self-esteem that's why their grades aren't mm-hmm. good that's why you see them that they're not dressed very smart and neat and tidy you know they and even kids mm-hmm. that I'm talking about kids at, at colleges you know and and uh, private schools and the teachers are starting to become more aware that some of the children have become mm-hmm. you know not as clean not as tidy not as uh, smart and all of a sudden when they do get the counselor the the school counselor talks to them they find out that there's been a domestic violence issue there or there's been a financial situation that's causing a lot of pressure and and really bad vibes at home and you know certainly so- if if mom and dad are fighting at uh midnight and the child wakes up you know and and he he or she can't get back to sleep for a couple of hours certainly this child's going to start nodding off about halfway through third period yep yep that's true look you you've been fantastic we're going to take another break now and we'll come back shortly so if can you hang in there for another five minutes and we'll come back and do the final five minutes of our show all right Marshall, Certainly. thank you very much. And all the way from America in Chicago at the moment. So thank you, Marshall. Thank you for staying with us. And Matt, thank you for organising it. We'll come straight back. Thank you. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364-9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Now it's time for a mentoring session with Happy Business Radio. Every week we bring you a little motivational story to uh, just to motivate you and make you inspire 
and this week we've asked Matt to do the story. So Matt, over to you. Today I want to talk a little bit about ignoring the critics. Now, of course, it's always important to take constructive criticism, but as far as I know, no one has ever erected a statue to a critic. (laughs) I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about a lovely young lady who was told by Columbia Pictures that she would never, ever make it in the film industry. Her name, of course, was Marilyn Monroe. Then I was thinking about another fellow who got fired for never, ever having any creative ideas and also went bankrupt seven times when he started his own business because no one else would hire him. His name, of course, was Walt Disney. Then I started thinking about other entertainers. I thought about a young man who was told by Decca, which was one of the largest record labels of the time, that he had no talent and he needed to go back to driving a truck. His name, of course, was Elvis Presley. This guitar band was told that guitar bands are on their way out. No one will sign you. That band, of course, was the Beatles. If we move to literature, this author was told that his work was not suitable for publication, and he received 27 rejection letters by publishers. The 28th one, a very small publisher, accepted him. That man's name was Dr. Seuss, and that was Cat in the Hat. If we move to politics, this politician lost, not one, lost, nine out of 12 elections. But he's remembered for the two he did win for president of the United States. That man was Abraham Lincoln. This man was told by his instructors he was too stupid to learn. That man was Thomas Edison, who's credited with over 1,300 inventions, including the light bulb and the phonograph. This PhD student was told that his thesis was fanciful and irrelevant. He was discouraged, but not defeated. His name was Albert Einstein. And where I'm sure that no one has ever erected a statue to a critic, I'm sure that all of these people have several statues erected to them. Radio Italia Uno. You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you to all our sponsors. Again, thank you, because without our sponsors, we wouldn't have a radio show and we wouldn't have a radio station. So at the moment, by the way, if you want to uh, really get out of this COVID very fast, advertise on radio. And Radio Italia Uno has some very, very, very special deals at the moment. We're giving away advertising. So come and talk to us at Radio Italia Uno, and we will put an ad together, an ad campaign for you, and you'll be so pleasantly surprised of how much how generous we are we are more generous than our um, listeners and we are more generous than all our sponsors but we really 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 want to help you and and uh, with that in mind today we're talking about domestic violence and we're talking about uh, taking advice from other people and not only are we taking advice from other people but we're actually taking advice from uh, sergeant marshall who is all the way from chicago uh, in the usa and we've been talking to him through the podcast and thanks to Ron from Podcast City for allowing us to do this. And of course, thanks to Matt McQuinley, who's my regular uh, co-host here. And of course, this is his dad that we're talking to. So Marshall, thank you for staying with us. Now, you had a couple of ideas that you just want to close on uh, you were talking about during the break. Yes, I taught uh, classes to uh, all my brothers and sisters at the police department on domestic violence how to identify it, how, to, how uh, we are being, as officers are being uh, 
manhandled and manipulated by the abuser uh, and uh, allowing this, uh, 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 the abuser to uh, run, run the uh, call that we're on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would then be free to continue his abuse, uh, and it would look like we had given him tacit approval. So I started to wonder, how often do we go to these places? And I, my town has a, uh, a, a gang problem. Right. And I, I ran some numbers and looked at our uh, demand for services, our calls for service, and anything that even remotely looked like it might be a gang issue, juveniles gathering, shots fired, uh, someone displayed a weapon, you know, the standard joke around my department was that uh, one guy on a corner is a drug dealer, two guys is a drug deal, and three is a gang meeting. Yep. <laughs> uh, and so uh, that was uh, the kind of attitude that the uh, police officers that I worked with had. And I looked at the, uh, the numbers, and they were significant. But then I also ran the numbers on domestic violence. The domestic violence demand for services, the calls for service for domestic violence, were three times that of what might be gang issues. Wow. Three times. Now, obviously, of course, we cannot tolerate gang issues. There's drugs. There's uh, violence involved. People that are not gang members are being uh, victimized and being hurt and crossfires and you hear every once in a while about this four-year-old child that was uh, shot to death with a stray bullet of course we have to address those issues but at the same time if we are our demand for our services is three times that of the ones for uh, gang issues mm-hmm. then we certainly need to start allocating resources to the proportionately number, to the number one issue <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yes you're right you're very very right now the the problem has well, been well the gang the gang issues are a lot more sexy and they're better television, so that's right, why that's right. what happens and I and and right. that's uh, I think something that's important for us to highlight and for people. There's to think movies about made about uh, there have been plenty of movies made about uh, uh, domestic violence and abused uh, women, but they don't draw the tickets that a gang warfare does. Yeah, it's not. They don't draw the box office. Like you said a while ago, it's not as sexy. It's not as you know, masculine me- mentor or whatever. You know, right, right. But, but we really need to look at this, and we, you know, that's why we've devoted this whole program to the domestic violence issue. Uh, but more importantly, because it, the domestic violence issue doesn't stop domestically. It goes into the workplace. It goes into the factories. It goes into the work sites. It goes on construction sites. It goes on everywhere on farms. Everywhere used. Everywhere that there are people. They take their baggage with them. And this is what we're talking about. And this is why I'm saying, you know, if you've got somebody there that you suspect is a victim of crime, a victim of, of this particular crime, please get help. Get help for yourself. Get help for your company. Get help for your business. Because that's what this is all about. To have fully productive people, you need to have happy people. And that's what this program is really all about, about how to be happy at work, how to be happy and how to have a work happy workplace. You know, I'm available for coaching. Matt's here. We've got a whole lot of other people. And like I always say, if I can't help you, I will know somebody who can. So please give us a call here at Radio Italia Uno. Look at our podcast on Happy Business Radio. So if you look up Happy Business Radio on Facebook, 
it should pop up with my picture on it somewhere and Radio Italia Uno, and you can listen to all our previous podcasts. Thanks to Ron. And thank you, Matt. And uh, Sergeant Marshall McQuinley, thank you very much all the way from America. Thank you for being with us for this whole period of time. We really appreciate it. And it has been my pleasure, sir. Sir, it's been... Thank a, you for having me on. It's been a real pleasure meeting you over the phone. So I've heard a lot about you from Matt in his uh, comedy routine. He makes fun of you all the time. Mm. <laughs> he, he is uh, prone to lie. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I did make a career out of that. So, yeah. thank you very much. And a life. And say, a life. Say hello to your wife for us and the rest of the family. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. All the way from America, Sergeant Marshall McQuinley. Thank you. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. If you need help or support, contact the National Domestic Violence Service on 1-800-RESPECT, which is 1-800-737-737. 732. If you are in immediate danger, just call 000. Listeners seeking support can contact Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Thank you.